Today I'm going to speak about managing anger. And I'm going to be speaking, I'm going to be speaking about many of the Proverbs, but I'm going to start off by reading Proverbs 15, verses 1 to 4, where the writer says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. So, so that we're all understanding what we're meaning by anger, I looked up a definition in the Oxford Dictionary, as one does, and it says there, what is anger? It says, a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. A strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. Now, in our language, if, if English is not your primary language, then you're about to learn some of the expressions that we use in English in order to talk about anger. And they're usually something to do with heat. Anger is normally associated with heat. Expect it's to do with blood pressure and so on. So, for example, expressions that we will use for anger are to let off steam. Or you might say, I've reached boiling point. Or you might blow your lid. Or you might blow a fuse or a gasket. You might get hot under the collar. Or you might exhibit volcanic fury. As if things were kind of out of control, you've got to that point and bang, out it comes. And the opposite of that, we say, you're keeping your cool. So you have the opposite there, to keep cool, to remain calm. I want to show you a video clip of someone who receives a speeding fine. Basically, they objected to receiving the speeding fine. They were, in fact, over the speed limit, but they took it to court before a jury, and the jury found them guilty, and they were very angry about it, and they were fined, and this guy decided he would pay his fine. But as you watch the video, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the woman in the video. Hello. I'm here to pay a traffic ticket. Okay, can I get your um, driver's license, please? It's $212. And you take exact change? Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you. Let me run up to the truck. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm going to be grabbing your file. Perfect. You're in luck. I found the exact change. Y'all can mail the meme receipt too. Just mail me the receipt. Well, yeah, I can see that that might be amusing, but I'm sure it wasn't amusing for the woman and the, and the receiving end of that guy's anger. And you know, I felt sorry for her as I watched that. He could have simply left the buckets there, couldn't he? Okay, fair enough. Coins, but he didn't. He poured them all out there. And who was the one who was going to pick up the pieces? Having said that, feeling anger is a normal part of life. There's a place for expressing anger in the right place in the right way. That's good. We see Jesus get angry a couple, several times. So, for example, he's in the synagogue. He's about to do a healing. It's a Sabbath day. 
And the people are objecting to the fact that he's doing this healing on the Sabbath day. And Jesus says, well, if one of you had an animal that fell into a pit, would you not immediately go and get that animal out of the pit on the Sabbath day? How much more should I set someone free from the, from the condition that they're in on the Sabbath? And he says he was angry at their stubbornness of heart. Not only that, but we see Jesus in the temple. How Jesus takes extreme measures to get rid of the money changers. And actually, Jesus did not fly off the handle. It tells us that before he did the overturning of the money tables, he had already been in the temple. In fact, he'd probably been in the temple several times. He certainly had been in the temple the day before. Because it tells us he went and he had a good look around. So the day before Jesus had seen what was going on in the temple, he didn't fly off the handle. He had a considered anger. Had he just gone in there and said to them, Excuse me, folks. Um, Would you mind just... uh, taking your stuff out here, this is not what God intended for the temple, they would have probably just carried on as normal. So he took an extreme measure. And you see, God's anger is steady. God's anger is settled. And it's steady and it's settled against sin and evil. And God's anger is linked very much with his love. Because God loves his creation. God loves the people in his creation. That's why he sent his son. But he hates evil. He hates sin. He has an anger against it. So God's anger is steady and settled. The amazing thing about God's anger is he takes a while to express it. He seems to allow things. And the Bible tells us that God is slow to anger. If we are honest, our anger, on the other hand, is frequently not righteous. Now, I've been thinking, I've known for several weeks I'm going to be speaking on this subject. So I've had a chance to think about my own anger. I've had, a, I've had time to evaluate it in the light of what I've been studying. And it's strange how, since I've been thinking about this subject, I've had one of the worst outbursts of anger that probably I've had in the last, well, as long as I can remember, maybe the last 10 years, I don't know, certainly the last five. I had volcanic fury. I was incandescent with rage. And what set me off was we were coming back from a holiday, family holiday, and we were at border control in the UK. That can be a stressful place in the first place. We were at border control in the UK. And one of the border agents was questioning one of our family's passport to such an extent that that member of the family got upset and started crying. And I saw what was going on, and I was very angry very angry because I thought we are legitimately coming into the country with passports da 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 and I expressed my anger to the border guards in fact I got so incandescent with rage that in the end Steve my son had to restrain me physically he got hold of me said dad just calm down go back a bit and uh, even now when I talk about it I could just feel the feelings coming back up so just chill now. Um, so I've had time to reflect about that. And I've said to myself, one, why did I get angry? And two, could have I handled the situation better? I know why I got angry. I got angry because the member of the family was upset and I perceived there was a gross injustice going on. Did I handle it as well as I could have done? As I've reflected about it, the answer is, what do you think? No. I don't think I handled it as well as I might have done. Would I do the same again? I hope not. I hope I would try and remain a bit calmer this time. 
So anyway, the point is, I've had a chance to think about it. In Proverbs 16.32, it says this, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. It's interesting, again, that the writer talks about the person who is slow to anger. So if you're slow to anger, that's a characteristic that you share with God. God is slow to anger. So it's a godly characteristic to have if you're slow to anger. If you're slow to anger, you reveal something of the character of God. Now we pray, let your kingdom come. Well, this is part of the coming of the kingdom if we're slow to anger. I want to ask you a question, and I want you not just simply to think about it today, but like me, I want you to think about it in the ensuing weeks. Because I think if you do, it will be very helpful for you. And the question is this. What triggers your anger? What triggers your anger? What sets your anger off? We all have anger triggers. What's yours? What are your trigger points? See, anger can be triggered by the simplest of things. It can be triggered by simply the word no. So, for example, we see that with little children. They're going past the checkout. They want to borrow chocolate. And you say no. And they have a screaming habdabs. They throw themselves on the floor. They shout shouting and screaming. They kick their legs in the air. We've all seen it as we've been around the shop. So we may have even experienced it ourselves. Or maybe thinking of someone a bit older, teenagers. No. You're not allowed to stay out till midnight. Everybody else gets to stay out till midnight. Why can't I do it? You're just the most unreasonable parent ever. Run upstairs and slam the door. Simply with the word no. Well, what about adults? Let's not uh, let ourselves off the hook. No, you can't park there. Yeah, but there's a space, surely. Yeah, but health and safety, mate, you know, or whatever it might be. It can take the simplest of things to trigger our anger. What makes you angry? What makes you angry? I was in Tesco the other day, and uh, I decided I would do my own little poll and ask some of the assistants what triggered their anger. The reason I, did, I, I just was interested in just generally finding out what made people angry. So I was in Tesco and so I asked them. I explained what I, why I wanted to know. I said, I'm doing a talk in my church on anger. What makes you angry? So one of the ladies said to me, difficult customers who think they're right. So beware. <laughs> if you go to Tesco, you might. And I also asked people in the office, what kind of things trigger your anger? Someone said to me, being patronized. When people speak down to me, I thought, oh dear, am I one of those? So I hastily said, is that could be, Dad? Fortunately, the answer was no. Um, someone else said, when people, uh, when my children are treated wrongly in school. So your child comes back from school, and the teacher said this to me. And you start to get angry because you feel it's unfair. Or when something I said or did is taken the wrong way, someone said to me. Or when someone cuts me up on the road. Here's one that triggers me. Again, you're on the phone to this company. Uh, we're very busy at the moment. You know, when do they not say that? I'd like to know. We're very, very busy. We have a high call volume at this time. If you want such and such a department, press one. If you want this department, press two. So you press the right button. Then you get through to another automated system, which asks you to press another button. So you press that one. Then you get through to yet another automated system. So you press that one. And eventually, after about 20 minutes or half an hour, you get through to a human being. And then you explain the whole situation to that human being. And the human being says to you, yes, you've got the wrong department. 
uh, I will transfer you. And of course, you know what happens as you get transferred? Yeah, it's probably happened to most of us here. You get cut off and you've had to start all over again. That can trigger something in me, I have to say. What determines the length of your fuse? Some can face major setbacks with calmness. Others get angry over the slightest thing. Some people have outbursts, explosions like I did at the border. Other people have their anger inwards. They seethe. So they may be what I call passive aggressive. So there's no outward display of anger, but inwardly they're seething. And they may give you the silent treatment as a way of letting you know that they're angry. But bottled up anger will leak out like toxic waste buried underground at some stage. So not only do we need to identify what our anger triggers are, but we need to ask ourselves the question, why am I angry? Why? We need to become aware of our emotional temperature rising. We need to understand what's happening inside that's responding to what's going on outside. See, our anger is driven by an eternal attitude that we feel has been violated by the external event. We feel it's unfair, unjust, or just morally bad. So what's going on outside? It somehow upsets what we think is right inside. So we're reacting. So two people can see exactly the same incident. One can respond with anger, and one can respond with calmness. Something inside me reacts to what's going on outside. So let me give you another example of that. I put my car in for repair, and I did this a few years ago. And I put my car into repair into a garage that's meant to deal with my type of car. So it wasn't just any old garage. It was the designated garage for that make of vehicle. So my expectation was this. My internal value was this. I expected them to do a good job. So they had the car most of the day. So I went to the garage only to be told they hadn't fixed it. Okay, fair enough. You haven't fixed it. Not good, but hey. But we, we are charging you 70 pounds anyway for looking at it. So at that point, something inside me, some of my values, the outside event, the way I reacted to it was to do with the values that I had inside. The point of this as well is that getting angry is something we do. Getting angry is a choice we make. Technically, an event in and of itself does not trigger the emotion of anger. It is actually our perception of the event that triggers the emotion of anger. Let me say that again. Technically, an event in and of itself does not trigger the emotion of anger. It is actually our perception of the event that triggers the emotion of anger. So when I went to get my car and they hadn't fixed it and they wanted to charge me 70 pounds just for looking at it, I could have at that point got angry. My recollection was that I didn't for some weird reason, but I didn't. There you go. All right, so what triggers your anger? Something for you to think about. Ask yourself the question, why am I angry at this time? Second thing I want to say is this. Dangers of anger. There are some dangers to anger. First one is this, not in any particular order. Anger can be deceitful. We can think that anger can get us what we want. It can feel good to get things off our chest. So, for example, we don't get good customer service, so we get angry. Why do we get angry? We get angry because we want to change the situation. We want to get the customer service that we think we deserve. So we get angry. But it's a bit like the guy in the video, isn't it? 
He was angry. He got his buckets of coins and he tipped them out onto the counter. What he did not consider was who was on the receiving end of his anger. That poor woman, what had she done wrong? Nothing. And yet he is venting his anger on that woman. It was a cold, calculating anger. Often anger makes things worse. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. You know, a harsh word, if we speak a harsh word to someone, it can be like, it says elsewhere in the Bible, like a sharp sword thrust into someone's heart. We need to be careful. Seems to be the staple of soaps on TV. You can watch any soap, and within 15 minutes, there'll be somebody shouting at somebody else. There's anger being expressed. It seems to be a staple of soaps on TV. But you can vent your anger in other ways. You can vent your anger by sending an email. You can vent your anger by sending a text message. The problem is you might not know all the facts. It's not a good idea anyway. Jesus said, if you've got something against someone, go and speak to them personally. Go and speak to them face to face. But you need to calm down first. A quick-tempered person does foolish things. And the one who devises evil schemes is hated. A quick-tempered person does things in the heat of the moment. So anger can be deceitful. We think we're going to get our own way sometimes. Or just get vent and feel better. But anger can make us ill if we harbor it. Research tells us it can cause you to have headaches, insomnia, digestion problems, depression, increased anxiety, and so on. Not only that, if you're an angry person, it can make you unpleasant to be with. Proverbs 22, 24, 25. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared like entering a house on fire. That's pretty dramatic, isn't it? Anger can make us unforgiving. We want payback. And Jesus told the parable of the unforgiving servant, how this servant owed the king stacks of money, unable to repay it. The king forgave his debt. The guy goes out, finds a fellow servant who owes him a small amount of money, but refuses to forgive his debt. He's angry that he's not being paid back. So anger can make us unforgiving. We want payback. We want that person to suffer in some way. I wonder if there's anyone here whose anger has led you to be unforgiving. And I appreciate there are some deep things, some deep traumas that people go through in life that cause us or can cause us to get angry, where we've been treated very badly by someone else. However, we need to come to the Lord with our anger. More about that in a moment. Ephesians 4 says, In your anger, so there's a recognition that there's anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. It's interesting. So our anger can give the devil a foothold. Our anger can open the door to the demonic. The danger is it then becomes habitual. It becomes our default response to the situations that are going on. However, as I mentioned earlier, there can be a righteous anger. So William Wilberforce, who led in this country the abolition of slavery, had a brother-in-law 
called James Stephen. He was a lawyer, and he was a leading light in the abolition of slavery. And it was said of him, no other abolitionist could get quite so angry about slavery as he could. So this James Stephen could get angry, but he got angry against slavery. He saw the iniquity of it. He saw the injustice of it. He saw the wickedness of it, and he could not abide it, and he wanted it to be changed. And his anger drove him to a noble cause. However, the danger is who assesses that your anger is righteous? Because we can always say, yeah, I'm justified. You know, as human beings, we easily justify ourselves. We feel, I'm in the right here. I've got a right to express my anger. Who assesses that? It's a bit like Rich Horn said the other week when he came to speak. He said about the X factor, didn't he? Who told you you could sing? It's the same kind of thing. Who told you that your anger was fair? Who told you that your anger is righteous? We need to be very careful in deciding that our anger is righteous. So, consider what triggers your anger. Anger can be dangerous. We need to be careful with it. It can hurt people and it can hurt ourselves. Now, dealing with anger. Let me tell you a story that I read by, about Bill Hybels, who is the senior pastor of Willow Creek in America. He was on a flight back. He'd been in Europe ministering. He was on a flight back to the States. And uh, while he was on the plane, an announcement came over, the speaker saying, could Mr. Bill Hybels go to customer services when he gets to the airport? So he was very shocked to hear that. Very unusual. And he knew that his family were traveling around because it was Thanksgiving, I think. And so he was very worried that something had happened to a member of his family. So he was worried about this. So when he got to the airport, he went straight to the customer services, only to be told that what had happened was they'd failed to put one of his suitcases on the plane. So he was totally relieved, as you can imagine, after worrying about his family, that somebody had been killed or hurt or in an accident. He was very relieved. So he thought, okay, I'll go and get my one suitcase. So he waited at the baggage uh, arrivals place and his bag didn't appear all the other bags started come through come through come through so he started to get agitated and he thought do you know can't they even get the one bag right you know they failed to put one bag on everybody else's bags on why couldn't they put mine on I've had a stressful journey I've been ministering over in, U- in Europe you know I've been doing the work of the kingdom over there and this is how I'm getting treated by this airline and he began to get agitated eventually his one suitcase appeared but he was still very agitated about his lost suitcase. And then he said, now I'm going to have to go to lost luggage. I'm going to have to fill in a form. I want to get back to my family. I could do without this. And he began to get steamed up. So, and as he was walking to the lost luggage place where he had to fill in the form, he began to talk to the Lord about it, which was a very wise thing to do. And the Lord said to him, actually, wasn't that just a few minutes ago that you were very concerned about your family, that something had happened to your family? And nothing's happened to your family. All it is is a lost bag. Get a grip, mate. I think I'm paraphrasing there, but never mind. And uh, so as he was walking, he was conversing with the Lord, wrestling a bit, and he got to the lost luggage place, and the young lady who was behind the lost luggage said to him very gently, you look as if you've had a bad day. And it totally diffused all his feelings of anger. And he said later on, he said, I was so glad that I did not vent my anger on that young lady because she was not responsible. What he did was he took his anger to God and had a conversation with him about it. And that's one way in which we can deal with anger. 
You see, Proverbs 16.32 says, Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control, than one who takes a city. Self-control. Self-control is not denying your anger or suppressing it, but it's getting it under control. It's like we're in a meeting or some kind of seminar, whatever it is, and a baby starts crying, starts getting fractious, or a little child starts getting fractious, starts screaming, starts wailing, and one of the parents, usually mother, let's face it, will go and take the child and soothe the, take the child out, soothe the child, comfort the child, find out what the problem is with the child, and sort it out. The point is this, that the, the parent or the mother takes responsibility for that child. We need to take responsibility for our anger. As I said, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I've been weighing up my anger when it's been coming and going, and thinking, why am I angry? How can I deal with this? So I was at a concert this week, and I was um, at Wembley Stadium, and it was standing on the pitch, TDD, and we had quite a good view, could see the band and all that kind of stuff, and it was good. And there was a group of friends, I didn't know them, they were obviously friends, standing just, I'm here, it was very crowded with people all around in front so it was quite crowded. They were standing here, and they'd obviously been drinking. They'd had a few, so they were well on the way, as it were. And uh, they were, seemed to be more interested in the things that they had to say to each other than the music. And of course, because the music was loud, in order for each other to be heard, they had to shout. So of course, the song's coming up, and this little crowd of four or five of them was shouting. They weren't shouting at each other. They were just shouting in order to be heard over the volume of the music. And I began to feel annoyed. And I felt like saying... Shut up, for goodness sake. If you only hear the music, then hop it. But I didn't. You'd be pleased to know. I thought, no, I need to just, because I'm going to be talking about anger, so I need to deal with this. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I thought, okay, they're having a good time in their own way. So leave them alone. You just focus on listening to the music, and that will just fade into the background. And that's exactly what I did, and that's exactly what happened. I realize, of course, that some anger that we have is long-standing. I realize that there are big issues and big situations in life where we may feel angry over the way that we've been treated. Well, I would say go to a trusted and wise friend. And if they don't agree with you, don't get angry at them. Proverbs 17, 27 says this, The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. As I said, we talk about people keeping their cool. Knowledge and understanding can help us to gain control. So, for example, if people are having difficulty in their marriage, as often we find as we work at King's, and maybe there's difficulties going on, and perhaps the husband or the wife comes to see us, and they tell us what they're finding difficult about their spouse. And the danger is that I could get outraged. I said, how dare they talk to you in that manner? That's awful. Fancy them doing that. That's terrible. And I can start to get angry with the person who's not there. But the problem is my knowledge is incomplete. I'm not saying that I dismiss what the person is saying. I'm not saying that I don't believe what the person is saying. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. But I don't know the whole story. My knowledge is incomplete. And when I hear the other person's side of the story, I may well think very differently about it. I may not. But our knowledge and our understanding can help us control our anger. Trying to see the situation from the other person's point of view. Again, with customer services, you know, that person standing behind that desk, do they deserve me to be shouting at them or being angry or being aggressive? Probably not. They've not done anything wrong. My brother's James says in 1920, 
Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Again, quick to listen. To take on board. To get a fuller picture of what's going on. Instead of just part of the story and then flying off the handle when we know that part. Knowing your trigger points. Knowing your vulnerabilities. I know that one of my vulnerabilities is family. If I see any of my family getting hurt or being treated in, a, in an unfair manner, I can easily get angered. So the tiger can come out. So I've got a vulnerability there. I recognize that now. And if I factor that in, that's going to help me. But we do all this in the context of the gospel. We do all this in the context of what Jesus has done on the cross. When Jesus came on the cross, 1 Peter 2, 24, it says this, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. So in other words, without death, there can be no resurrection to new life. I've got to die to something. I've got to die to self. And actually what the Bible teaches is that on the cross we died to sin. And now we have new life in Christ. So there's someone at work within us. And it's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us something of the life of Christ. Of the resurrection life of Christ. In order to help us to deal with anger and any other issue that we may be facing. By his wounds you have been healed. So when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, as that resurrection power of Jesus comes into our life, then a healing comes. It's not just a physical healing. There's a healing of what damage has happened in our hearts over the years. Who knows what may have been said to you or done to you that has caused you to get angry. And God can come by his Spirit and heal you of it. Without death, there can be no resurrection. Without the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, I'll sin in my anger, for sure. But Christ's work enables us to choose not to be angry. I, can, I know exactly now what's going to happen. I'm going to be held accountable. Unfortunately, the problem is when you preach and you've got members of your family here, they will hold you accountable. It's not necessarily a bad thing. So I will be reminded of this in the weeks, months, and years to come. Be assured of that. Okay. But Christ's work with us, something has happened within us. We're a new creation. We're not living in the old. I know we wrestle with the old from time to time. I know we're not perfect. I know we fail. I know we say and do things we shouldn't. I know all that. However, there's a new life within us that Christ has birthed. And that new life that Christ has birthed is going to come to fruition. Why? Because Jesus is going to make sure that it does. He's never going to let go. It's his power. He has begun that good work. I didn't begin it. Christ begun a good work in you. And he is the one who's going to bring it to completion. And all the anger issues that we may have. And we will stumble along the way. Let's be honest. But the course that Christ has set for us is to give us complete freedom. That's his desire for us. And ultimately and finally... We see the wrath of God, the anger of God poured out, not upon you and me who deserved it, for all that we did, for all the sin that we've done in our life, and we justly deserve God's wrath, we justly deserved his anger, but instead of him pouring out upon us, he pours it out upon his beloved son on the cross. So Jesus takes what I rightly should have received, he takes it upon himself so that I could go free. I, the guilty one, might go free. And it might go free from all the issues that come in life. 
anger and all the other things that try and trip us up. There's healing and there's forgiveness in the cross of Christ. Amen? Amen. So, what I'd like to do now, I'd just like to pray for us. And I'd like to pray that if you've got a situation where you've been wrestling with anger and you may well be justified in feeling angry. I don't know. But I believe that the Lord wants to bring a healing to whatever that situation was that created that feeling within you. Or maybe you just feel you've got a short fuse. doesn't take much to get you exploding in one way or another. Or maybe you, you're a, an inward seeder. You don't express it, but you do by being passively aggressive. I want to pray for you as well. Lord Jesus, we don't want to be controlled by anger, which is unhelpful. We don't want it controlling us in any way, shape, or form. We don't want it controlling our thinking. We don't want it controlling our speech. We don't want it controlling our actions. We want to be people who speak words that heal, bring life. We want to do actions that help people, that encourage, that strengthen, that build up. We want to do that, Father. And if our anger is righteous, Father, then may that be confirmed by some wise people who've got no axe to grind in this situation. We thank you that your spirit is at work. And every single person here, now we ask, release us from unhealthy anger. We pray in the name of Jesus. Lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And for all of us here, Father, help us at times to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. Just to pause for a moment, to be slow, slow down when we feel angry. In order that we might reveal who you are, because you're slow to anger. Reveal something of the coming of the kingdom. We ask for these things. In Jesus' precious name, amen.